Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for June 8th, 2022. The employment report from May showed how tight the labor market remains. Nationwide's chief economist, David Burson, and senior economist, Ben Ayers, take a closer look at the current employment conditions and how they're impacting inflation and the overall economy. And whether or not a wage price spiral has begun. And now, here's David Burson. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us uh, this week on our podcast. We're going to be talking with Ben Ayers about the employment report from, from last week. Employment report tends to be the most important economic data of the month. And we're going to also talk about what's happening with wages, whether that's affecting prices, whether we're concerned about a wage price spiral, and those sorts of things. So, Ben, what can you tell us about that? Well, it was another strong month for the labor market, really. I mean, we added 390,000 jobs in May. This is a gradual slowdown from the pace that we see earlier this year, or really over the second half of 2021 as well, but really in an aggregate perspective, 390,000 jobs added in one month's time is very strong. You're not, well, you're not concerned that it's, it's the weakest number in, in a year? I don't think so. I mean, these things tend to trend up and down, and really the gains were pretty broad-based as well. Uh, we saw strong gains in manufacturing, strong gains in construction, uh, particularly leisure and hospitality, another sector that continues to bounce back as people get back into more service sector activities. The one loan area that saw a hiccup was retail. Um, but yet again, these month-to-month readings tend to be a bit volatile. But overall, you know, yes, it's a gradual slowdown. But uh, I think you know, adding that many jobs is very strong, uh, and particularly so with the unemployment rate still quite low, 3.6% in May. And you know, some signs, not as much as we'd like, but some signs that people are coming back into labor force. I didn't see as much of that in the last two months, but still in general, we are slowly recovering from a labor force perspective. So pretty good numbers overall. The one area that was actually a little weaker was wages. So we only saw a 0.3% increase in average hourly earnings in May. Still a pretty good number over the past year, up more than 5% for AHE. But David, what do you read when you see the slowdown in wages that we saw in, in May? Is that a sign that things are actually slowing up a little bit? Well, part of the problem with the average hourly earnings numbers is that they're unweighted. So what does that mean? It means that the sectors of the economy that grew fastest have the biggest impact on average hourly earnings. So months in which high wage sectors do well, it makes it look as if the average for the economy is going up more strongly. Those months where lower wage sectors are doing well with employment gains, make it look as if the average hourly earnings have slowed. I think a, a better measure of what's happening with wages generally is the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's wage growth tracker. And um, they've got a monthly number, and then it, it tends to be quite volatile. They've got a three-month smooth measure. That's probably better. Takes out some of the volatility. If you look at that, sadly, as we're recording this, we only have data through April. The the May numbers will come out after this uh, is finished. But uh, through April, the wage tracker shows that wages in the U.S. are up by 6% from a year ago. Now, 
6% is still a tad lower than inflation, which we know is up uh, just a little bit over 8% uh, in the last 12 months. But still, 6% growth is, is awfully strong. And if you look at the wage tracker numbers all the way back, and they go back into the early 80s, and if you look at those wage tracker numbers from the Atlanta Fed, the 6% that we saw for the smooth measure in April is the highest since, um, well, there was one back uh, in, in the early 90s that was just as high. But you'd have to go back to uh, the 83, 84 period to find wages going up faster than they are now. So I'm, I'm not concerned that the average hourly earnings showed a more modest increase in wages. I perhaps am concerned that the Atlanta Fed wage tracker is showing very rapid increases in wages, though. I think that makes sense. You know, David, when you look at the the broader labor market, you know, while we do still have a, a sizable number of unemployed workers, that's about half the size of the number of job openings. And that ratio has never been this high at this point. Um, when you look forward for wages, you know, you said they're already pretty high, particularly when you look at the Atlanta Fed measures. Do we Can we see wages go even higher? What's our trajectory that we think for wages over the rest of the year? Well, if we just look at fundamentals, as long as there are significantly more job openings than there are people to fill them, then firms are going to be competing with other firms, not only for the relatively small number of unemployed workers, but also for the employed workers. They're going to be poaching people from other firms. I'm clearly already seeing that. That suggests that wage growth is, has not peaked. It's probably going to go up from here. The real concern then is whether that turns into what economists call a wage price spiral. Because if firms are paying more in wages, they can do that only if they reduce their profit margins or they're paying less for some other input. We know they're not paying less for energy, for example, or they raise prices. So the question is, and the concern is, if this incredibly tight labor market, where, as you say, there are roughly two job openings for every unemployed person, creates even faster wage gains. Will that, in turn, result in firms raising prices even more quickly? So that, that is a big concern. Uh, and I think while we may not quite be there yet, I think we're getting close. Uh, one of the things that, that we look at, and I know that you're fond of looking at this, is the NFIB survey on the uh, question for small businesses, are you raising prices? And you know, there's data there back in the early 70s. So it includes the high inflation 70s and early 80s. And there have never been in the NFIB survey a greater proportion of firms saying that they're raising prices than today. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all coming from wages, coming from other things as well, but certainly, the, the boost in wages has to be a contributing factor. I do love those NFIB data. I, I will give you that much. You know, David, when you, you talked about the potential that these strong wage gains are, are adding to inflation across the board, you know, when you're focusing on the CPI at the consumer price index right now, that's the one we get the better breakup. You know, you look at that and when you add up food, energy, and, and housing, which 
none of those have a strong tie to the labor market. Obviously, there's some tie to the labor market, but not nearly as strong as other components of the CPI. You add those three together, yet again, food, energy, and housing, that's more than 50% of the CPI. So how much real impact do, in what areas do we see wage gains really driving up prices across the economy right now? And it could potentially see that going forward as well. Well, not energy, because that's an external thing. And agricultural prices, also not mostly the labor market, although you know, farmers are having a difficult time finding workers as well. And they're having to raise wages of farm workers and it is feeding through to some extent there. Housing, it's just mostly there are no homes on the market and, and no rental units for that matter. So we're seeing record gains in house prices. Uh, we're seeing record gains in rents. Now, those don't feed directly into the CPI, but they feed indirectly into the CPI. And they tend to have long lives. So we're probably going to see the CPI higher than we would like for a while, if only because the, the housing market is is so out of neutral with demand much greater than supply. But, you know, how much of the rest is wages? I think certainly some is wages, but I think it's more fundamentally the fact that we have excess demand overall in the economy, all the liquidity that was added by the Fed, all of the uh, stimulus that was added by the federal government, all getting spent. And because of supply chain problems, Firms can't react by increasing production the way we would like them to. And so, you know, supply and demand. Demand's picking up significantly or has been strong. And, and supply just hasn't picked up very much. And uh, you know, the net effect is, is prices moving up pretty quickly. I think the real concern is not that there's a wage price spiral now or not much of one, but that if wages continue to move up at a faster pace, then we could see at least the beginnings of a wage price spiral. I think that's the real. Well, you know, when you look at the forecast, you know, at least in the near term, we continue to see a lot of pressure on these inflation readings from both commodity impacts and because of supply chains, you know, looking out towards, get out your crystal ball towards, you know, the end of this year and into 2023, what are the trajectories we could see for inflation? How do we layer in a potential wage price impact into that? And kind of what are the ranges we're talking about for inflation as we look ahead to 2023? We all certainly hope that inflation moderates over the course of the year. And um, we think it will eventually. Although when we get the CPI numbers at the end of this week, I think they're still going to be very strong, certainly for the, the total, because we know that gasoline prices have risen to a record nominal high. Um, and, and that's going to have a, a significant impact on the overall CPI. What will happen with oil prices? Well, you know, they're high, but if you look at futures markets, futures markets have oil prices going down over the course of this year and into next year. Uh, and hopefully they will be right. Um, f- financial markets are unbiased. That doesn't mean their forecasts are better than anybody else's. It just means it's not a bias to them. But if financial markets are, are correct here and we see at least some moderation, by year end in oil prices. That'll help with with gasoline prices. Presumably it'll help with uh, uh, heating oil and natural gas prices as well. I mentioned housing and that probably won't go down because of the lagged impacts of high house price gains and high rent gains. So that's gonna be 
uh, more problematic. But the real key here, other than energy, is whether Fed tightening slows the economy sufficiently that we get unemployment moving up some. If the labor market starts to cool, it doesn't have to cool a lot, but if it starts to cool, then wage gains will probably also start to moderate. But if the Fed is unable to, to slow the economy enough to loosen the job market, then my big concern is that wages will continue to go up very strongly. So our forecast has the CPI year end up about five and a half to six percent from the end of last year. And right now it's over eight percent. So it is slowing, but five and a half to six percent is still very high inflation. And I'm afraid that the risks are tilted to the upside on that, not the downside on that. So if that forecast is incorrect, it's more likely that we'll see somewhat higher inflation year end to year end and five and a half to six percent rather than lower inflation. I agree with that. I mean, when you look at all the factors going on in the economy right now and, and you layer in what's going on even in the labor market and the potential, I agree with you. I don't think that we are in a wage price spiral at the moment, but you know, certainly we are at the edge of one. And, and I think this is why the Fed, another reason why the Fed has taken such an aggressive stance over the course of this year and likely into next year, because they're trying to get ahead of that and make sure the wage price spiral happens. So appreciate the thoughts today, David. I think we're going to end it there and appreciate you all joining us today. Be sure to check us out next time. The information provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.